This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm on vacation this week, and as you're listening to this, I'm probably walking down my favorite beach in the world right now. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but if you know me, you know where I am. Uh, but the j- waves are gently rolling across the sand. The coffee's in my hand. I'm listening to the seagulls overhead, and the sun is warming up the air on what I know is just going to be another terrific beach day. Um, and it, uh, where I am is where someone else makes her living. Let's get right into today's guest. Nancy Marshall is the PR maven and the CEO of Marshall Communications, where she oversees a team handling clients from tourism, education, economic development, and healthcare, which belies her personal interest in making her community a better place to work and live. Nancy's 12 Steps to Your Personal Brand is a checklist for success. Her Marshall Plan is a highly detailed strategic marketing and PR plan that is tailored specifically to the needs of the individual businesses and organizations that sets the stage for success creating a blueprint for implementation that ensures all the communications tools in your arsenal are working in tandem toward the same goal. Nancy, welcome to the PR Podcast. Thank you, Jody. It's a pleasure to be here with you finally. We've known each other now through social media for quite some time. We absolutely have. And you know what? We might as well let the cat out of the bag because I'm on a beach in Maine right now and you live in Maine. Um, I think we're a little far from each other where we're each going to be. Um, but let's talk about this great state that we both love so much. And you work on the tourism campaign for, for Maine. Um, why are you in love with where you live? And why should all of us be the same way? Maine is not only the most beautiful state in the nation, in my opinion, uh, somewhat biased opinion, but also I think the authenticity of the people is so genuine and so refreshing. Like, no, you can't get away with being phony in Maine. If you are if you try to lord yourself over other people or act like you're better than them, especially if you're from away, you know, because people who are from out of state who come to Maine and, and act like Maine people are either ignorant or not cultured or, uh, you know, not intelligent in some way, they are going to get kicked to the curb because... Uh, Maine people can sniff that out. So I just love the fact that, uh, you know, in Maine, people respect each other. um, People work hard and people respect the environment. You know, we we just have such a beautiful environment and we have everything here. We have the mountains, you know, I'm big into skiing and we have a beautiful coastline. We have beaches, we have rocky coasts, beautiful lighthouses. And then we have great rivers for fishing and whitewater rafting. And we have farms and oh, the food. Oh, the food, Jody. We have such great food here, especially in Portland, are, where I live. You are preaching to the choir. But my family and I have been um, summer transplants to Maine. And when I say transplants, you know, we go for a week. Um, but but we, we have such this such a connection, I think, to Maine. We just love it so much. Um, it actually goes back to my wife's family. Um, they went up uh, to Maine every year from the time that she was a child. And that's continued through now to us uh, and our kids. And our kids have grown up on the beach in Maine 
every summer um, to the point where we said one year, well, yeah, maybe we'll go somewhere else. They're like, why? We have to go back. <laughs> so yeah. it's really nice. It has that kind of, it's a state that has that kind of an impact on people, whether you go to beach Maine, the way we do, or you go to Lake Maine or mountain Maine, or like you were saying. Right, exactly. And there's so much undeveloped land here as well. I mean, the state is, is enormous. It, it takes you know, probably 12 hours to drive from the southernmost tip to the northern. It does, yeah. And there's there's a lot of undeveloped wilderness, which is obviously appealing, like up around Mount Katahdin and uh, the, you know, the the highlands, the main highlands region. It's, it's just gorgeous, natural beauty, not to mention all of the wildlife we hear. We have not, we have moose, we have deer, we have bear. <laughs> It's a wonderful place. So let's talk about, let's segue back to PR now and yeah. talk about how your love of the state met with the business that you run uh, and, and your background with public relations and, and how you ended up representing the state of Maine in your, in your PR business. So I mentioned that I love to ski. And um, at a young age, I moved to Sugarloaf to work in the marketing department there. And that was like getting a PhD in public relations because, and certainly like guerrilla public relations because we did a lot with very little budget. So working for the ski area for seven years, I did a lot of media tours. I would go to New York City, again, sometimes without even making appointments and with, you know, without even having a place to stay, I would have to stay with people I knew on their floor because we couldn't pay for hotels. But I. I would learn how to literally like go into the newsroom of the New York Times or the ski magazine, skiing magazine, all these publications and just pitch stories and, and, and make, make connections. And I sometimes even at ski magazine, which is at two park Avenue in New York city, I would go in the ladies room and I'd be like at washing my hands and say, hi, I'm Nancy. I'm from Sugarloaf. What's your job? <laughs> And if it was somebody who was an editor or reporter, I'd be like, have you ever skied Sugarloaf? That is gorilla, <laughs> that is gorilla PR, man. I love that story. <laughs> In the ladies' room. I didn't go in the men's room, though. You got, I didn't go in the men's you room. Gotta do it, you got to do it sometimes. I recall not too long ago, actually, I wanted to get in touch with uh, a local reporter here who did a feature on something that I knew was a match for my client and I needed it to happen. And she didn't respond to a couple of emails and I knew she was gonna be at an event and I just went to the event and I got him on the show. I know. <laughs> you gotta do it sometimes, right? And you're nice about it, you know, it's- Oh, exactly. I'm always <laughs> going to be nice about it, but yeah, I'm pretty um, competitive and tenacious and I, I'm not afraid to talk to anybody, you know, and. And if you want to dare me to talk to the president of the United States or whoever, I will figure out a way. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's when I but now this is surprised. this is a great segue into what you are known for, which is building your personal brand. And I think I feel like as a as a listener of your podcast, um, you know, and and your promotion of the state of Maine sort of it was the first thing that attracted me to your podcast, but then I stayed for the for the for the PR. Um is is this concept of building your personal brand uh, that that you have sort of turned into an art form? Tell me a little bit about why that's important to you. Well, 
I studied personal branding years ago with a group of HR people, actually, from the perspective of, you know, how someone can improve their resume and improve their LinkedIn profile and position themselves to get promoted within an organization. But then I figured out that really personal branding and PR go hand in hand. And now we work with many um, CEOs and authors and executives and entrepreneurs, people that want to be known for what they do or for their superpower. And one advantage I have, and I think you might have this too, Jody, is having done PR prior to the internet. It, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I did PR in the old days when we didn't have the internet and there wasn't Google, you couldn't do a Google search. But now, um, you know, whenever you hear a person's name or you want to know pretty much anything, you just Google it. So PR has the power to populate a lot of different websites with really good content about a person. Um, you know, if you Google my name, there's a lot of different content that will come up. And of course, you and I both are podcast producers and that's one of the reasons that we do it. It's content marketing and it is personal branding. So you personal branding has the power to position you as the best in whatever your field is or to differentiate you. So if you're a plumber or an electrician, you want to be known as the best plumber or electrician or the one that comes up in a Google search. And if you have a story of origin, you know, the story of how you got into what your career is, and you tell that story over and over and over, that becomes part of your brand. And the other advantage is you want to give your fans and followers and friends and family all sort of a script so they can say, oh, yeah, that's Jody. He's really great at PR. You wouldn't believe how he got into PR. He's been doing PR for so long. And you know, you want to give, you want to create a whole tribe of raving fans who are out there as brand ambassadors helping you promote your business. And essentially, I mean, I've been doing PR in Maine now. And I hate to say it because it's a long time. I'm in almost 40 years. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> but um, and so I have built a reputation as somebody who gets things done and I have a whole team and we have processes, protocols, procedures, but we, we're very results oriented. And that's because we have built, you know, it's largely built around my personal brand and then my agency brand as well. Personal brand is some, something to me, the way you to hear you describe it, it sounds so obvious. Um, yeah. And yet, and yet so few, few people, I think, use it effectively. And to me, it, it almost sounds like the same thing when we talk about when we talk about thought leadership. Everybody hears thought leadership, thought leadership and what it is. And we just did a show on thought leadership a, a couple back. Um, but so few people either do it well or utilize it to its most, right, to, to its, its maximum. Um, how do you go about building personal brand for your clients? Is there a starting point? What do you do? Yes, we, we meet. I mean, I just did this last week with a new client. We have a, a discovery meeting where I just ask a ton of questions about how they got into their career and about their childhood and what sparked their joy. In, and 
what they were most interested in school and why they chose the path, the career path that they chose. And then out of that, I try to pull out vignettes, was what I call them, just little stories. So last week I met with the headmaster of a private independent secondary school, and he grew up uh, as the son of two parents who were both school teachers and administrators. And he always lived on the campuses of private schools. And it, it literally runs in his blood. You know, it, it's something that not only his parents do, but he has aunts and uncles and grandparents that were educators as well. So in my mind, that's sort of the compelling story that um, you know, he was raised for this work. And he's seen a lot of uh, changes over the years and he has a vision for the future. So then I write what's called a personal brand manifesto which is a one page document. It could be, some people might call it a bio, but it actually also includes sort of your unique vision and mission in life. And, but it also has some biographical elements, but it's not boring like he was born in New York and he went to this school and he studied this. It's more colorful and memorable than that. And um, that helps lay the foundation of the personal brand. And then we try to, well, we put it in your LinkedIn about section. Everybody listening should look at your LinkedIn about section and make sure that you take advantage of that. That real estate is so valuable for like the, the Google, I call it the Google. The, the Google will send searchers there, especially if you've got a lot of really good search or keywords in that about section. So don't just leave that blank and don't just put, you know, a couple of lines in there. You can, you can put a lot of content in your about section, but you also should have this brand manifesto on your website. And then you want to try to get the news media to do some stories about you so that you have some links uh, from credible news sites. You know, there's something called domain authority and every website has a numeric number for domain authority and the higher that number the more credible uh, google deems your site to be so if you have a lot of content about you on sites that have really high domain authority um, you're going to be more findable and that's ultimately the name of the game is to be found for what you do so many great tips there, and I hope everybody was writing those down and taking notes. Let's run back real quick to the bio on your social media, specifically on your LinkedIn. I think that's one of the most underused sections of anyone's social media profile um, and misused, quite frankly, too. Um, it's either chock full of jargon, like, you know, results oriented, but I mean, you know, name, name somebody's LinkedIn profile you've ever been on. And they're all results oriented, driven and passionate and blah, blah, blah. It says nothing about them. Right. I mean, right. put something in there that, that really talks to who you are. And I love your use of the word manifesto. I think that's just right. Um, and and the the domain authority too. Absolutely. I mean, the, the more stuff that you do out there, the more you publish, um, even on your LinkedIn, I mean, you know, you could publish art. There's a difference between posting and publishing on LinkedIn that can really help drive. Have you seen that with your clients? Oh, definitely. And LinkedIn has has very high domain authority. So again, the Google will send searchers there. Uh, and I also think it's important to realize that 
Google is trying to serve people who are searching. Google isn't necessarily trying to serve people who are promoting themselves. So Google is only going to send its searchers to sites that are kept up to date and that have engagement. So again, that's why we all need to be engaged in social media because the Google knows, you know, if you are active and you're commenting and you're liking, you know, I really try to every day go on to all my major social platforms and just just engage and like and comment and um, and then people will comment for you too. And actually, Jody, this is a real secret that I'm going to share with your listeners. Twitter, Twitter is the most powerful social networking platform for PR professionals because journalists, most journalists are on there all the time tweeting. And if you start following journalists and you start liking things that they're saying and then commenting, um, you're going to connect with so many people in, in ways that other PR people are not connecting. If you just rely on trying to email journalists with pitches or releases, you're not different. You're not going to stand out from the crowd, but I have forged a lot of really valuable relationships with media people and journalists on Twitter. A hundred percent. And I think again, uh, you and I are preaching to the choir here because all the PR folks who I interact with um, and, and have had on the show, everybody agrees that Twitter is the place to, um, to hang out, to get information, to interact with journalists, to find new journalists. Um, and frankly, it's, it's almost becoming an address book. I see more and more journalists just put their full out email in their Twitter bio, send yeah. me pitches. Um, what better place to be than a place where, where reporters are volunteering to be pitched. Right. Um, and I think we're, we're, we're now in an, in an era where more and more younger reporters who are coming up who are at significant outlets, you know, we're not just talking about Joe's blog. We're talking about, you know, the times in the journal and, you know, you name they it on show, down the line. Yeah. They've all grown up in, in the era of social media. They're totally, it's totally fine with them to get pitched on Twitter, or at least to put their email in their bio and expect people who they don't know to reach out to them because they're in the business of receiving information. That's right. And the way this all ties back in with personal branding is that to have a large person or a, a well-known personal brand, you have to be connected. So you have to be actively networking. And, and that's, I mean, I believe I was born to do that. It comes quite naturally to me. And I realize for some people it doesn't come naturally and they have to, they have to allocate time and, and effort to do it, to doing it. But it's incredibly important because. There are so many advantages to having a large network of people. Again, you never know what opportunities are going to come your way, but if there's a lot of people who know, like, and trust you, then you're going to get a lot of referrals. You're going to get a lot of connections, a lot of opportunities. And so every person you meet is uh, you know, basically helping you build your personal brand. No like and trust. I love that that trio there. That's great. Um, let's let's talk a little bit too about how content marketing plays a role here. Um, you know, 
I think lots of different people have a different definition of what content marketing is. Could you level set your definition of content marketing? Well, content marketing is essentially uh, looking at yourself or your company as a media company. Again, back in the old days before the internet, we had to rely on media outlets to tell our story. But now with all the opportunities available, available to us online, we can essentially be a media company ourselves. So, you know, what you and I do with our podcasts, that is producing content, that's producing media. And then from our podcasts, we create a lot of social media posts and we create blogs and we create articles. Um, I sometimes, um, well, I, I send, I have columns on Forbes.com and the Forbes Agency Council every single month. Are you in that, Jody? The Forbes Agency I'm, Council? I'm not a member in that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm remiss, but go ahead. Okay. In any case, so content marketing, I consider it to be like the heartbeat of your organization. If you're consistently putting out content, it's kind of like reminding people that you are alive, you're, you're, you're thinking, you're, you're advancing with the times. And uh, it's very similar to thought leadership. It's positioning yourself as an authority in your market. And again, so content marketing can be content marketing can be as simple as just being active on your social media. It doesn't necessarily have to mean you're getting published in, you know, name your publication. Absolutely. It, in my mind, it's, it's a matter of being consistent, choosing where you want to be and then consistently posting or, or publishing or producing content. But it's better to choose a few places and, and show up consistently than scatter yourself over many, many different platforms or social media networks. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that. I just added TikTok into my uh, social media arsenal, and I can certainly see why you know, my kids can spend hours just scrolling through there. But um, I tell you, making a single TikTok video takes some time. And I'm only making them the, you know, 60 seconds long. And it's, you know, it's like a half an hour. Oh gosh. <laughs> to make yeah. a single post. I mean, now you you spread your like to your point, you spread yourself out like that. And suddenly you're spending hours just managing your social media every day. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I I have help from my team members on on my social. Well, I have personal social and then I have social for my agency. And I also have the social business, for of my course, podcast. Yeah. So. All right. So if someone wants to get involved with content marketing, what's maybe, is there one thing that they should choose that is just, you know, high impact? Is it, is it publishing on LinkedIn or what is it? I think that would be a, a baby step. Yes. That's the best place to get started. And it's also safe. I mean, LinkedIn is a safe place because people aren't out to get you on LinkedIn. Whereas on Twitter, there could be some people who are a little bit snarky and <laughs> So uh, Twitter is when you're, you, you need to have some confidence and some chutzpah uh, on there. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, so, so um, you know, Andy Warhol famously said that we would all have 15 minutes of fame. Is all this content marketing now making us all famous for 15 minutes or is that not the game? Re well, in my mind, no, I don't really care about being famous for 15 minutes. I 
I want to have a steady stream of opportunities, you know, for my business and for my life. I mean, I, I not only look at it as professional, but personal too. Like who doesn't want more friends? I mean, I have, I have a lot of personal friends and, and a lot of my business friends have crossed over into my personal life too. So um, yeah, I feel that if you're just in it for fame, uh, that's the wrong reason. That, that goes against the, sort of the karma of the state of Maine anyway. You that's, really that's a nice in. way to bring it. That's a nice way to bring the conversation full circle, Nancy. <laughs> They're very, very well done. Very well done. <laughs> you really should come at it from a perspective of wanting to serve others. In my mind, that's what we should all be trying to do is be of service and to show how we can service our clients or service other people, help people. And if that's the, the spirit that you come at it from, then that's, you're, you're going to benefit in the long run. That is a great place to end our conversation here, uh, Nancy. Thank you so much. We are going to segue now into the rapid fire question portion of our podcast. This is where we steal a page from inside the actor's studio, ask our guests a series of rapid fire questions meant to elicit a simple answer, maybe a laugh or two. I think we're going to get one out of you, Nancy. So with your indulgence, here we go. Rapid fire question number one, what is your favorite news source? My favorite news source is Twitter. I All right. Lots of people, lots of people say that. And then they hear rapid fire question number two, which is what is your favorite social media platform? Oh, oh gosh. I love them all. I feel like social media was invented for me. <laughs> it allows me to socialize all the time, but I guess, I guess the Instagram, I love the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Instagram is beautiful. Do you, do you have a favorite, by the way, do you have a favorite main related Instagram? I mean, I'm always looking at the Nubble lighthouse and York beach and stuff like that, but. Uh, well, I live in the city of Portland and, um, and the restaurants, I, I just follow a lot of the restaurants, but news center Maine um, has, a, has a, evening magazine show called 207 and I follow them pretty carefully I, I pitch them a lot for stories but they do a really good job with their socials so fantastic I, yeah. all right Nancy rapid fire question number three coffee or alcohol I knew you were gonna ask that I love them both <laughs> and if you have a few drinks at night it's really nice to start the day with coffee but I guess um coffee i mean i can live without alcohol but i i have i would have a hard time living without my morning cup of coffee so there you go but i have really a rather say coffee and alcohol yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite um uh, a favorite local coffee uh in maine yeah well there's a chain called aroma joe's that is growing fast and uh, it's really easy to access so yeah i like to go to aroma joe's fantastic Rapid fire question number four. What is your favorite on the run food? Oh, on the run food would be, of course, I try not to do too much of that because it's not that healthy, but I, I love Thai food and uh, like a really good spring roll. Uh, that, that makes me happy. Oh, that's a good one. We haven't had oh, that yet. raw oysters, Jody. Raw oysters. Do you like those? I love raw. Oh my goodness, all day long. Thank you very much. Do you know how to shuffle? All right, and 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 I got it. I got to get my lobster roll when I when oh, I'm yeah. up in Maine. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, doesn't matter. Got to get it. Rapid fire question number five. What do you want to be after you finish this career? Oh, I already have that planned. I'm going to a school called Heroic Public Speaking in New Jersey. I'm going to become a keynote speaker. I'm starting that in September, actually. It's a seven-month program. So after I'm done with that, I'm going to hit the road, man. And I'm going to be going around the world. And I'm going to be speaking on big stages and sharing my love of PR and talking about how we all need to learn from the other generation. Like younger people need to learn how to have a conversation and talk on the phone and write a letter and send it in the mail. And older people really need to embrace social media. So, and TikTok, like, I love that. So my, that's going to be my theme is how we need to be, we need to be constantly connecting and learning from other generations, how to do that. What a plan. I love it. I love it. We will look for you on the speaking circuit when you're out there. <laughs> Nancy, this has been a terrific conversation. Please let people know how they can find you online. Well, I am on all the social media, but yeah, you can go to Nancy Marshall on LinkedIn. Um, I have a website at prmaven.com and I encourage you to look for the PR Maven podcast and Jody, you're going to be a guest on that soon. So we'll be sharing, uh, sharing all of your stories with my listeners too. I have been looking forward to that for a long, I've been listening for a long time and I'm looking thanks. forward to being on the show. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Nancy. And thank you everyone for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the TikToks at the PR podcast and send us a question or a comment. Our intro is by Christopher Apple. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and on the web at jodyfisherpr.com. We'll see you next time on the PR podcast. Yeah.